0: This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless, available online at bravadowireless.com. Happy Holidays from The Blitz 1170.
1: This is more great Rocky Four music, or no, 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 no. This is from Over the Top, with Sylvester Stallone. Yes, it is, and I'm so glad that you caught that. We, I had heard so many Rocky uh, soundtrack uh, music here on the show that filling in for Jeremy Poplin, Josh Haley, with you on this uh, Thursday afternoon, that I just instantly thought Sylvester Stallone movie, and then I remembered it's Over the Top, which is one of my favorite movies ever so you have seen that one then i have
2: not you but haven't I just, no oh. but pop has educated me enough to it's. oh so yeah. yeah
1: it's a great one add that to your list just after 215 here on the blitz 1170 from the ike's chili house studios serving four generations of tolson since 1908 and right now joining us on the oklahoma Ford dealers hot nine is ben portnoy he covers south carolina for the state and tomorrow here on the Blitz, you can hear the TaxSlayer Gator Bowl at 2:30, featuring number 21 Notre Dame taking on 19th-ranked South Carolina. Ben, thanks for taking the time with us. We're all excited to have the Gator Bowl here on the Blitz 1170. It should be a great game. What what are the top storylines for you coming into this matchup?
0: Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. It's definitely been a crazy week in, uh, in Jacksonville, but it should be an interesting one. I mean, I think South Carolina's got a lot of moving pieces as far as guys who have opted out. You're going to see a lot of younger guys, and, and it's seen you know, it at least just on the depth chart that they've released. I mean, you're going to see a lot of younger guys, especially in South Carolina's secondary, probably play some pretty meaningful snaps, and that's you know, at least an interesting piece of it. Uh, and I think at least when you look on the offensive side, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of see whether Spencer Rattler's in the same form he showed in wins over Clemson and Tennessee, and, or whether he looks more like the quarterback he was in the sort of first 10, 8, eight 10 weeks of the season. Um, but there's a lot to, to be excited about for South Carolina fans for sure, and it, it makes for a really interesting matchup, I think.
1: For people here in Oklahoma, whether or not they're a, an Oklahoma Sooner fan or not, they remember the name Spencer Rattler, who of course transferred to South Carolina. Uh, you mentioned, you know, what what which quarterback will be seen. He threw for 438 yards, Six touchdowns, no picks in a 63-38 romping of number 5 Tennessee. He threw for 360, two touchdowns, two picks in uh, a win against Clemson, 31-30 to uh, to close out the season. Did, did South Carolina faithful think that Rattler had those types of games in him of what he showed in the final couple of games?
0: I think so. It was just a matter of when, right? And I think the thing that was always so interesting with Spencer, especially this year, was that you kind of felt coming into the year that he was the kind of guy that, yeah, he was going to have some ups and downs. And yeah, there were maybe going to be some moments that he'd want back. But he's the kind of guy that talent-wise, I mean, when you look at his arm talent and what he can do with a football, like – he's the kind of guy that can go win you a football game, right? Like there's only so many quarterbacks in America that are that way. There's, you know, you've got guys who are game managers and guys who kind of just are there and don't necessarily lose you the game. But like Spencer is a guy who I think can can go win you a football game and you kind of kept waiting for it to happen. And, Never really came together. Never really came together, and then finally just kind of exploded in these last two weeks against Tennessee and Clemson. And I think some of that's come with the offense has gotten whittled down a little bit. They sort of have simplified. They're using a few less personnel packages and things like that to kind of get guys in the right spots and places to be successful. Um, and, and when you combine those things, I mean, they're they, they feel like they're in a better spot, and it's made Spencer more comfortable, and it's you know given him the ability the ability to kind of do what he did uh, over the last two weeks of the season.
1: South Carolina comes into the matchup at eight and four, but this is a Gamecocks team that was sitting at five and three, and you kind of alluded to some of the things maybe that were done differently uh, to rattle off a couple of top ten wins to close out the season. Uh, but after those, after that loss to Florida, uh, w- there probably weren't too many people that saying, "Hey, I think we can win these these final two. Maybe uh, there's always a chance, and this is a good South Carolina team, but. You're talking about Tennessee and Clemson in back-to-back weeks. Winning both of those games was was not a likely scenario.
0: Yeah, I I mean, coming into the South Carolina Tennessee game, I think, I mean, I felt like Tennessee was still probably the best team in the country, even with the loss, so um, I, I just, you really didn't think that this was a team that could pick themselves up off the mat the way that they did, frankly, especially against the opponents that they closed the season with, right? Like, I think it's easy to forget that, you know, a month ago or a month and a half ago, Tennessee was number one in the college football playoff, and you know, felt like they were back and all that. And, and Clemson obviously was still in the hunt until pretty much the last week of the season until they lost the South Carolina game. So I, I think it's fascinating that, you know, this was a team that in Gamesville, I mean, that game, South Carolina looked, it's rare that there's been a game that South Carolina has really just like keeled over under Shane Beamer. There's always kind of some effort. There's, they're just, they don't not show up for games, basically. And, and I felt like that game against Florida, South Carolina didn't show up. And, you know, the way that they played, it was just ugly. And to come back and win the games the way that they did against uh, Tennessee and, Florida, and uh, Clemson, excuse me, uh, it was really impressive and, and speaks a lot of volumes to kind of what this coaching staff was able to do down the stretch.
1: We're talking with Ben Portnoy, who covers South Carolina for the state uh, in the TaxSlayer Gator Bowl tomorrow at 2.30, and we'll have the game for you here on the Blitz 1170. In that matchup against Tennessee at Williams-Price Stadium there in Columbia, uh, capacity crowd, I think attendance was listed at over 79,000. We know, or most people do, if they like college football, how electric that stadium gets. Did that top at all from what you've seen uh, in your time there?
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's going to be a really fun atmosphere. Uh, you know, Greg McGarrity, who, who chairs the Gator Bowl, was saying today that uh, they're expecting about sixty, sixty five, seventy thousand 70,000 people at the game tomorrow. So it should be pretty packed. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of South Carolina fans. I mean you can just walk around town right now and you see South Carolina sweatshirts and t shirts and whatever else just about everywhere you go. So I, I think it's gonna be a packed house. I think there's gonna be a lot of South Carolina fans and there's a lot of people making that trip, you know, down the uh down the coast to Jacksonville. So it should be uh should make for a really fun environment.
1: If we look at Notre Dame, obviously they're a team that comes in eight and four as well. Right now they're ranked twenty first in the country. What what is South Carolina focusing on? What do they say they have to stop in this game to be successful?
0: Well, I think they can't give up too much in the passing game because I think that you know when you look at Notre Dame, like the, their passing game has been so reliant on Michael Mayer, and and he's obviously not going to play in this game. And and you look at the numbers. I mean, he had almost 500 yards more receiving than anyone else. I think he was the one of. I think he was the only receiver to have more than three receiving touchdowns uh, on the year. He accounted for about 33, 35 percent of all of their receiving yards as a team. So. When you lose a guy like that, I mean, it's just hard. So, I mean, the South Carolina should be able to limit what they do in the passing game, game. but if you're going to give up big plays, like it just can't be over the top. And I think that, you know, if they can slow the run down, I have a hard time seeing Notre Dame be able to move the ball.
2: We're joined by Ben Portnoy from the state here on the Blitz 1170. Thanks to the Oklahoma Ford Dealers hotline, he covers South Carolina football. Uh, I wanted to ask you. Could we see Spencer Radler return to South Carolina? Has there been any sort of indication on what his future holds for the Gamecocks?
0: Yeah, he's still kind of sorting through things right now, and, and I think it's really truly like up in the air. I don't think there's been a decision made on that front. I think that he's still sorting through what he wants to do. I think a big, you know, certainly if you end the season with a big game in the bowl game, I think it makes sense for him to be able to go pro, but... I I do think there's a lot of options being weighed. I I do think there is a world where he does come back for another year, though, and and there's some other guys that are making decisions, too. Antoine Wells, a receiver who's been – who finished second in the SEC in receiving this year. I mean, he's still making a decision. So, you know, if he decides to come back, does that sway Spencer to come back or vice versa? Uh, I I think you'll see some of that play out in the next, I don't know, week or two after this game.
2: I know that uh, South Carolina's lost uh, two tight ends to the portal what do uh what do the gamecocks have at the tight end position right now
0: do you guys have any eligibility left because i think they take it at this point (laughs) Uh, uh,
2: i'm about five eight
0: so i think that uh uh, you know right now south carolina they're obviously super thin there but nate adkins who's played a pretty big role the last few weeks of the season uh was a transfer from east tennessee state his dad's the offensive line coach at south carolina greg adkins and Uh, you know, he'll be a big piece of it, but I think you're going to see just a lot more like four wide, five wide sets. You're not going to see South Carolina doing a ton as far as, you know, two tight ends of power looks like they've given a little bit this year. So they're going to have to get creative. I think there's going to be some guys that maybe get moved around. We saw a couple of running backs running with the tight ends at points um, just to be able to give guys a look uh, during practice uh, before we left Columbia. So, it's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. I think there's a lot of moving pieces, and they're definitely trying to figure out something. But they're really really thin right there. So I, I think Nate Atkins is the one true tight end you still got. But it's uh, it, it's a little it's going to be a little bit of a fight there.
1: South Carolina comes in eight and four. So does Notre Dame. Two teams uh, in the top twenty five. They face off tomorrow in the layer. Gator Bowl at two thirty central, and we'll have that game for you right here on the Blitz eleven seventy a.m. Ben Portnoy joining us right now, who covers South Carolina for the state. Uh, The first two conference games of the year for the Gamecocks, uh, a loss at Arkansas by 14, uh, a loss to Georgia, uh, a pretty one-sided home loss, which Georgia can say they had a lot of one-sided victories this year. But what was the morale like after it was a one and two start to the season, even though it was tough competition?
0: Yeah, you know, it was interesting because I think, you know, the Shane Beamer soundbite that's gotten played a lot is when he was asked basically if he sensed that quit in his team after the first game and he kind of snapped back and was like, no. Um, but I, I do think that there's something to the way this team responded. I mean, I think there's seven and two over the last nine games of the season and obviously two top ten wins. Wins over, uh, you know, a pretty good Kentucky team and, and an A&M team that South Carolina had never beaten in the nine years that they've played every single year uh, since the, the divisions have kind of got reshuffled. So, I I mean, I think that it it shows a lot about the coaching staff for one, but I think too, it it was definitely a little bit down, at least from the outside looking in. And I think that, you know, you felt like it was a little bit of a tough spot, but at the same time, if you, you know, if you felt realistic about this season and you looked at kind of the the schedule and, and the way it started out, like you kind of felt like South Carolina may end up starting the season one and two. It's just, you know, you play a juggernaut in Georgia and a team in Arkansas that I think is probably better than its record shows. I mean, they finished season seven and six, but played probably one of the toughest schedules in the country this year. So I think that it's, it's definitely interesting in the way that it started, but I do think that, you know, it, morale was low for a moment, but I'd obviously uh, <laughs> I think folks are pretty excited with how
2: things ended. Yeah, I know Sooners fans have a pretty fond memory of uh, Shane Beamer's time in Norman. I'm going to ask, how, uh, how are Arkansas, or how are South Carolina fans – I guess enjoying his tenure so far with the team as the head coach.
0: Yeah, I think people are really excited. I think Shane's a guy that it brings a lot of energy and and some fire to it. I think he has a lot of fun with what he's doing. I think he doesn't take for granted what he's doing, uh, and I think he's you know he's as good a guy as you're going to find in college football. And I think that's rare. I think there's you know a lot of politicking and stuff that goes on behind the scenes, uh, but I, I do think that you know Shane really is one of the more genuine personalities in college football. And I think it's a nice. You know, it's a welcome change for for a lot of, you know, folks in the media working around it, but also, you know, fans and, and folks around the university as well. I mean, he's the kind of guy that will stay after, you know, his radio shows and sign autographs for 30 minutes and, you know, talk to everyone, shake hands with everyone, you know, at his last radio show in Columbia a couple of weeks ago. He spent time and walked around the entire room and thanked everyone for being there and a lot of the people who had been coming to the shows every week for the last two years. So, he's that kind of guy and it's it's genuine. I don't think it's an act and I think that you know Oklahoma fans will tell you the same thing. I think people in Norman really really appreciated Shane and and liked him for his time there and and, you know folks in South Carolina feel the same way.
2: Yeah, that's honestly the feeling I kind of get with Shane Beamer is he seems like a very genuine person and I feel like that's a super important thing if you're going to be a head coach, because I feel like a lot of fans can see through it if you're not.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the thing that's made him so, you know, endeared him to to South Carolina fans so much over the last however long. I mean, he's just a guy that, that really gets along with people and people really enjoy being around and really isn't afraid to uh, – he, he's kind of unapologetically himself. And I think that that makes it, you know, I, I think if you're a player, if you're a coach, you know, that's someone you want to play for, that's someone you want to work for and, and fans, that's someone you want to support.
2: Yeah, that was one of the things I first noticed whenever he was hired. Was he essentially did what uh what Arkansas's head coach did, and he ingratiated himself in the culture of and the fan base and everything like that. And, and he he took all these photos. He and he made it known that he wanted to be there. And I feel like that's something that South Carolina fans needed in a coach was someone that they could believe in that they knew wanted to be there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I kind of said it before, but like. I think that's the reality with Shane is that, you know, there's not a lot of, I, you know, when he says all the time, like, this is a job that he wanted, this was a dream job for him, etc. I, I don't think that's total lip service. Like, I really do think that's real. I mean, you know, certainly do things come up and can things change over time? Sure. But I, I, think, there's, I think there's a lot of truth in that this is a place and a job that Shane really, really wanted and, and sees himself in for a long time.
1: It was an up-and-down year last year, 6-6 six and six regular season. How much faith, though, did uh, the, the fan base kind of put into Shane Beamer after that 38-21 win over North Carolina in the Mayo Bowl?
0: Yeah, well, let me tell you, I think I had this team pegged for like 3-9, and nine, maybe 4-8 going into last season, so what do I know? But, um, you know, going 7-6, and six, I think it bought a lot of goodwill. I think it put the program in a good spot. Uh, it brought an off-season of hype and excitement that was kind of needed after – you know things went pretty south, pretty fast in the end of the Muschamp era, and uh, you know when you look at that, it's just a tough. Uh, it, it just it was a program that needed to be rejuvenated, and and I think that, you know, you went from a spot where a lot of folks were saying, and you know myself included, were saying, you know, changes needs to avoid going like 0-12 in his first year so he can still pitch a vision uh, to you know winning a bowl game and winning seven games and and being in this position they're in now to to be able to possibly win nine. So it's it's really impressive. It kind of goes back to what I was saying before, but it's just a coaching staff that has done a really, really good job and, and sort of bridge the gap And from you know the guys they've recruited to, to the old guard and everything else. and uh, it's, it's been really fun to watch.
1: Ben Portnoy joining us on the Oklahoma 4 Dealers Hotline. He covers South Carolina for the state. TaxSlayer Gator Bowl tomorrow at 2.30 right here on the Blitz, 11.70. Any chance of those uh, famous uh, just out-of-nowhere thunderstorms popping up in Florida tomorrow? I don't
0: think so. I think we're uh, I think we're hopefully going to be clear here. So hoping hoping for clear skies and uh, and a little bit warmer weather. But it's getting there. It's getting there.
1: I think the main thing, Ben. Lastly, that that Matt and I need to know is is the over under at fifty correct, and which should we go?
0: <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not sure you want to take my picks to the bank, considering how they've gone most of this year. But uh, I, I think that uh, I I feel like the under. I think I have this game at maybe 24 17 is what I picked, or somewhere around there. Um, I, I don't really see with with some of the missing pieces on both sides. I think these offenses are going to have eh, not necessarily struggle, but it's not going to be as clean looking as uh, as some of these games beforehand. So I'm I I'm, I pick the under, even though betting the over is always a lot more fun.
1: All right, well, no pressure, but you're you're all we got, and we need a late-year winner here to make the year worth our while, so we'll stick with you.
0: (laughs) No problem, yeah. Hopefully it it cashes in for you guys.
1: Ben, thanks a lot for the time. Hope you have a blast uh, covering the game tomorrow. Uh, We're glad that that, uh, fans will get to hear it here on the Blitz 1170, and glad they got to hear you today as well. Thanks.
0: Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for having me.
1: That's Ben Portnoy. Covers South Carolina for the state. And again, tomorrow, the Layer Gator Bowl. 2.30 kickoff right here on the Blitz. 11.70 between South Carolina and Notre Dame. And we're just now two hours from kickoff for the Cheez-It Bowl. Oklahoma and Florida State down in Orlando. And uh, there was a lot of controversy, as you know, Matt, about uh, the proper reference to uh, cheese it if there's more than one cheese it allegedly it's supposed to be cheese it crackers not cheese its but uh, but there was a, a very astounding uh response on social media though saying no no the cheese it brand and official social media pages have referred to them as cheese it's before so
2: it's cheese it's it's not cheese it cracker
1: what's your favorite uh variety white cheddar it's
2: White cheddar. That was easy. White our, cheddar and Colby Jack mix, though, was pretty good, too.
1: Did I already tell you that I prefer the reduced fat Cheese its Yes, you did. No yes, heartburn. Did. I'm telling you, if you're a fan of Cheez-Its, but they uh, give you heartburn, try the reduced fat. You won't have that issue. Give it a shot. I don't have that issue anymore. <laughs> well, yet. Give it time. The oh, no. time, my friend. There's, there's lots of things that are gonna surprise you when you, uh when you get up into your thirties. Oh, don't tell me that. That's scary, man. And then there's people listening right now that go on. You don't know what you're in for. Yeah,
2: wait till yeah. you get to your forties. Yeah, I was about to say. And then there's guys that are like, you just you wait till you hit fifty, it gets worse. <laughs> back in my day.
1: Yeah. Back Which in. I believe them too. Yeah. How could you not, right? on the Blitz, 11.70. Josh Haley filling in for Jeremy Poplin. We'll take a timeout and be back for more from the Ike's Chili House Studio.
0: Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 11.70 podcast from Bravado Wireless.